0: Two zero two four CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth-running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today
1: as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer.
0: Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, "Influence is Your Key to Professional Success and Personal Happiness," informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on my YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at Now, let's learn a little bit about our guest today. James Pyle is a dynamic and energetic serial entrepreneur. He specializes in lean startups, transformational turnarounds, and rapidly scaled exits. James has a tenacious work ethic and track record of being a self-motivated top 1% producer and leader in any environment. He's considered uncommon among the uncommon because he's been able to break through barriers that others cannot surpass, no matter what it takes. James is an accomplished speaker, coach, executive leadership, and management professional, Startup Specialist, Business Development and Sales Guru in Digital Marketing, and Strategic Planner and Executor Extraordinaire in Relationship Management. Now, James can be found incubating startups, speaking, coaching high-performance entrepreneurs, investing in real estate, and volunteering his time performing service work with community outreach organizations. James holds a BBA in Entrepreneurship, Marketing, and HR management, and is an Eric Thomas and Associates Certified Speaker. So, James, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, I'm glad to have you today.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's an honor and a pleasure.
0: Great. Well, before we get into the main topic, I always ask my guests to tell me a little bit more about themselves and how they got into what they're doing. So give us a little bit more about you.
1: Sure. So um, I'll give you a little bit of the abbreviated version. Um, I grew up in eastern Washington state in a really small town of less than a thousand people Mm. and uh, grew up with very humble beginnings, which actually forced me to develop a vivid imagination. So uh, from an early age, I always dreamed of, I had this vision of Los Angeles in my head. And so I always dreamed that I would move to LA when I turned 18. And um, so growing up, I had a strong focus in my academics and athletics. And I was actually um, fortunate enough to become the valedictorian of my graduating class. And I actually got a really good scholarship to go to Loyola Marymount down here in oh, Los nice. Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then uh, I came here and I always wanted to study and learn business. And uh, I got involved in the entrepreneurship program, which at the time, it was not offered as an actual degree. As you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. it was offered only as an emphasis at that time. Um, Now, the school is actually like a top 20 entrepreneur degree in the country. So they've got an incredible program there. But I had gotten involved in the entrepreneur program. And then I actually received the um, Undergraduate Student of the Year Award. And I was just blown away by this at the end of my junior year. And so that really gave me the gusto and the confidence that, hey, I I could do this. You know, I could start a company. I could build a business. And so uh, it was about a year later, a little less than a year later, I started my first company and it was a telemarketing business. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, It was right around the time Sprint had purchased Nextel. So there was a ton of work to do um, in terms of upgrading the Nextel people onto the Sprint network. So that was really exciting. Um, I got after that for about two years and um, we had an attorney we were working with at the time that had brought uh, a buyer to us who was interested in purchasing our company. So we went ahead and sold that and then we got into um, the whole body vibration realm. So some people may have seen these plates they are a lot more common now, but it's a plate you stand on that vibrates. Mm-hmm. It's good been for health on and- Yeah. Okay, cool. So you prefer to these things. Um, I I founded a company there and um, we actually quickly became one of the industry leaders. Um, And within like eight months of scaling that company, we did an actual, we were acquired by a company out of Texas. So at that time I moved out there and um, I actually took a contract as part of the acquisition that I would function as the VP of marketing and sales for one year. So uh, after the company was acquired. So I did that met my quota, got done with that. And then I had decided, Hey, you know, I've worked really hard for several years. My, uh, well, you know, since college, really my entire life and I was ready to go explore internationally. So I just decided one day, literally, Hey, I'm going to move to Australia. So wow. I, I applied for a visa and uh, I was approved at like two o'clock in the morning. And then like 10 days later, I was on a flight to, uh, Brisbane. So I moved down there and I uh, got involved with a friend of mine down there, and we actually started a performance-based marketing consulting company. So um, it was really exciting at the time. I had already gone through a couple of startups, and and it always just rubbed me the wrong way that so many of these marketing consultants wanted to charge, you know, high five figures or six figures to do a branding package and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I thought, you know, why doesn't somebody come out with a thing where you know if if your marketing is this good, why don't you get paid on it? Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. We took a very low retainer, and then we usually took about a 15 to 20% revenue share with our clients for every dollar we generated. And uh, that was really exciting. We scaled that company extremely quickly. After about six months, we had it um, completely automated. And we had a team of virtual assistants working in the Philippines for us. And so we decided it was time to pick up and adventure out. So we actually picked up and we moved to Phuket, Thailand together. Oh, wow. And so we, we pursued the um, Tim Ferriss four hour work week type lifestyle. Uh, the nomad lifestyle. And so then we went and we traveled around Thailand for about four months as we continued to build this business. And then um, shortly after that, I returned to the States and uh, I sold my interest in that company to my partner. And I began you know, my next adventure here in America. Um, we were be- evaluating several different opportunities to get into, uh, including um, it was right when T-Mobile and AT&T had uh, gone separate ways with their negotiations to merge. So then T-Mobile had been awarded several billion dollars and they needed to upgrade all their cell tower sites across the country. So we were actually preparing to get into that line of work, which we ended up not doing because um, my partners at the time were very high level attorneys and they just didn't like the idea of the liability of people climbing up poles 150 feet in the air. So uh, one thing led to the next. And then I got into real estate uh, in Dallas and I built a wholesaling company. Um, I wholesaled about 86 houses in 18 months, so it was over five million dollars in real estate in 18 months. And then I went ahead and exited that company, and I moved back here to LA. And uh, just the way that things happen, and we'll get into this in a little bit. You know, part of my faith story is that everything happens for reason, and I didn't know it at the time um, when I exited the the enterprise that I was building in Dallas. It was a bad exit. It was not a good exit. Um, I pulled some some horrible people into the business to partner with me to provide funding. And it was a big wake up call. And actually, when I when I exited that company, I lost everything. It was basically like I could get out with my life or I could stay and try to fight this insurmountable challenge. So I decided, you know what, let me just exit, get out to California and restart. And it ended up being an awesome thing. Um, It helped me to rebuild myself. And it ended up being here in L.A. for the last year of my father's life. So uh-huh. I was able to be around with him and his health was declining and he ended up passing away. So that sounds all good and fun. Um, I left out a couple little details, though, that I'm going to jump back into here. Um, I actually grew up. My father was an alcoholic when I was a kid. Um, I grew up in a physically abusive home. And so from a very early age, I experienced a lot of physical um, experiences. Um, which drove me into wrestling and football and those types of sports. But I mentioned this because as part of my testimony, as part of my redemption story, um, what had happened as an adult, I got into drinking uh, and uh, doing drugs at an early age. And um, that actually led me way down into the rabbit hole where I had ended up in Texas. I was so messed up on on different drugs, that pharmaceutical drugs um, that I just was in a delirium. And that's part of what led me to bring in these bad people. So I I basically, I crashed and burned and that was my rock bottom. As a lot of people talk about. I realized, Hey, this isn't working. There's gotta be a better way to live life than this. Mm. So, um, at that point, that was when I really pressed in on my faith. Um, it was back in 2015, I had a spiritual encounter and this was the first time in my life where God had spoken to me in the first person. And I was laying on my floor in my bedroom, meditating at the time, And I was just having a horrible time. I was just the best man at my best friend's wedding in new Orleans. And I was a practicing alcoholic at the time. And I was supposed to be the best man here and here. I felt like the biggest piece of trash in the world. So, um, God spoke to me and he said, said, son, this is not the life I have for you. You're not intended to drink this substance. And if you're willing to give this up to me, I will give you unlimited, whatever else you want. That's good. So I said, cool, I'll take that deal. (laughs) So I gave it up. Haven't drank since, um, took another two years of me uh, still being addicted to Adderall. That was the main drug I was addicted to. And um, because being an entrepreneur, having to get so much done, being able to work such late hours, go, 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 um, I had gotten addicted to that stuff and it it led me down a dark path. So uh, I spent about nine months recovering and then I jumped into doing some one-on-one high ticket um, coaching for high performance entrepreneurs And I got into that and I I was enjoying it because I was able to help people and I was able to basically help people that were in a similar situation that I was in to be able to get through a a crazy time. Um, A couple of the clients were dealing with alcohol and drug related issues, so I was able to help them to to get over that stuff. And um, through the course of doing that over the past couple of years, toward the end of this last year, and of course, you know, throughout the pandemic, it's just been on my heart that I want to be able to increase my reach to get this message out to more people. And God put it on my heart to go ahead and create some digital programs, digital courses. So that's actually what we have coming up in June. We're actually launching our very first online course so that we can make this accessible at a lower price point to more people. Um, the, the one-on-one coaching that I typically do is a uh, mid to high five-figure monthly retainer. So it's definitely a, a serious ticket. And it's not something that the everyday entrepreneur can access. And I want to be able to get this message and this information out to more people. So thanks. Nice. That was the abbreviated version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot. I mean, you definitely got to experience different cultures and and things too. Running businesses in different you know countries, continents, even. So it's going to be interesting hearing how that all morphed into the topic we're going to talk about today, which uh, we've kind of entitled the kingdom entrepreneurship. So I would love to get your definition of what is kingdom entrepreneurship, anyway.
1: Sure. So you know it. it can't necessarily be defined by one particular phrase. However, the way that we define it here in our line of work is that kingdom entrepreneurship is, is faith and purpose-driven entrepreneurs, people that are believers in Christ and that have an understanding of the seven mountains of influence, right? So there's seven mountains of influence, um, workplace, family, government, politics, church, and entertainment, right? And so kingdom entrepreneurship are people that have a heart for Christ and that actually believe in a bigger cause, that they understand that as an entrepreneur, it's not just a job, it's actually their vocation. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's spoken about often biblically is that people have a vocation, you know, here in America, we've been so taught to have a career or have a job or have a side hustle. And when people can actually fully step into their vocation, they're calling on their life, they're able to actually perform at a higher level. And they're able to actually operate Fully in God's favor in our experience. So oftentimes things that identify a kingdom entrepreneur is, you know, they're people of faith, um, Christ followers. Um, we're not necessarily like into any one particular, um, religion or, or, um, dogma. We, we more are based on Bible-based principles, right? Um, mm-hmm. the other key identifier is, is that these people are often contributing to a bigger cause. Mm -hmm. So for um, ourselves here at Awareness Elevation, we have actually partnered with a a, a nonprofit organization called Missionary Support Network. And actually what this organization does is very cool, very powerful. Um, There's a big need for missionaries when they're coming back from the field. They've oftentimes been living in a third world country and then they're coming back to America here. And then they're just having to like pick up and resume life basically. Mm -hmm. And so what this organization does is it actually sponsors these missionaries when they're coming back from their their assignment to be able to go for, you know, a weekend or a week or a few weeks to one of these like sanctuary type places. They're often like in the wilderness, um, sort of like a campground set up. And it's actually specifically intended for missionaries to be able to come to this place and receive healing, receive prayer, have some quiet still time to adjust before they just get injected right back into American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's another identifier of kingdom entrepreneurs, people that are partnering with a greater cause. They're seeing the favor and the blessings that they're receiving from our creator as a vehicle and a mechanism for them to be able to pour into other people's lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas typically most business, at least, you know, in America is more of a profiteering sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other key component of, of kingdom entrepreneurship is what we call christ life. biblical business principles. You know, it's something that always rubbed me wrong. As far back as I could remember is this line of, you know, don't take it personal. It's just business. Mm, And it's like, as I got older and I got to be an adult, I started to get clarity on what is it about that bothers me. And the thing that I discovered that bothered me is that like, it seemed like people were using this as an excuse to be immoral and unethical and cutthroat, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, I'm just, I'm just getting my piece. Don't worry. Don't take it personal. It's just business while I rip you off here, you know? And so We'd like to encourage people in the win-win scenario. You know, hey, if, if there's a, a piece of a pie and normally one person would take 90% and the other one get 10, we can find a way where we can do a 50-50 or a 60-40 split. There's plenty to go around for everyone.
0: So mm-hmm. that's how
1: we define kingdom entrepreneurship.
0: Nice. Well, how can these entrepreneurs then basically realize that, okay, God's in the picture with them and and directing their paths and stuff, but how can they kind of commingle their business and their faith together?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, This is a place that I've really been focused in uh, for the past year and a half here. And so part of it is actually um, creating the space on a daily basis, scheduling time into our day to be just in silence with our creator and to just sit still and, and hear what his plan for us is. Um, another good key is, is to actually seek his will in the morning, you know, it might sound a little bit radical to some of the listeners, but I know some people who literally don't keep a calendar. They literally wake up in the morning and they go into prayer and meditation and they wait to hear a word from God. And then whatever God tells them to go and do that day, that's what they go and do, Hmm. you know, and that, that might sound kind of on the extreme end of things. However, as you mentioned, you know, everything is created from our source, from our creator and. It's, it's key to be able to bring that spiritual component into business, to not just be trying to operate in the carnal fleshly world, but to be able to bring that spiritual power in. So it really starts with awareness. Um, and one of the other key things that people can do is, is actually to get in community, you know, mm-hmm. to get into a, a, a Christ-centered group. You know, uh, oftentimes the word like Christianity or Bible or God can be very divisive to people. Mm-hmm you know, and, um, as we were even speaking on briefly before this call, you know, that's part of the armor of God is the shield of faith. And I've been coming to the realization that it's meant to actually keep people out of our life that aren't supposed to be in our life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not meant to necessarily keep us from connecting with others because we're supposed to share with everyone and connect with everyone we can. But if, if, you know, I'm sharing a particular belief set with somebody else and it's devices to them, then it's probably because we're not meant to be interacting with each other, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I hope that gives your listeners a little bit of insight on what they can do to co-create with God on a daily basis.
0: Mm -hmm. I think uh, I'm the opposite. I think maybe that person who just prays and waits for it has a different personality type than me too, because I need to have a schedule. I have so much to do anyway. I do have a calendar, totally. but I do try to look for opportunities. You know, if, You're out and about too. I mean, I used to do this with my kids a lot of times too. We would be out and we would see someone who is maybe homeless and we would go to the store and we would buy groceries and we'd drop, you know, food off for them or something too. And just seeing those opportunities that present themselves. So I do try to be open for when things come, but I am definitely more scheduled than probably a lot of the people just because I know for me, that's what works for me.
1: Totally. And that's the key is, is, you know, is having self-awareness to know what works best for us. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot like you. I have to keep a calendar. I have so many things going on in my life and I have so many commitments that I have to keep up because of my responsibilities. I'm not quite yet to that place, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of more of a, like a monk lifestyle in my mind, you know? (laughs) Uh, and like you just said too, I'm the same, you know, I look for ways to bless people every day. Oftentimes we are uh, presented with opportunities to bless people. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, to be able to, you know, give somebody some groceries or buy them a hot meal or even give them a few bucks, you know, what a, what a wonderful thing to do for people. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the, and I'm sure you experienced something similar. It's about the fulfillment for me. Like, I, I don't mean to sound selfish in this sense, but I'm kind of like, I'm kind of doing it for me. Like I'm doing it for them because it helps them, but I'm also doing it because I love mm-hmm. to do it. And I love the feeling it gives me. So,
0: yeah. And I think for me too, a lot of times it's not necessarily the actions that you're doing per se, but it's when maybe somebody has a need, they're dealing with something and you're there as a friend for them too. Right. So you can support them that way. And it's not necessarily all the tasks that you're doing per se, but it's just being there as a friend, you know, or even if you don't necessarily know them, but you see, you could tell sometimes when people are just really having a bad day (laughs) and just trying to be available for someone. I think that's another way. We don't always look at that as being, you know, helpful per se, but really... That is huge. It is. Someone needs some support.
1: And like you're saying there too, you know, prayer is actually one of the most powerful things we can do with others. As as it says in scripture, where two or more are gathered, Jesus said he is present, right? Mm
0: -hmm. So that's
1: actually one of the things too, you know, oftentimes when I stop and I can help people out with something, if I'm not like in a hurry to get somewhere, I'll take a moment and pray with them. Just say, Hey, can I pray with you real quick? You know, and I mean, usually it's, you know, they're in tears, I'm in tears, and I'm like, all right, you know, give me a hug at the end, we go our separate ways. But like you said, even just being there for a friend, you know, mm-hmm. being of service to others. And um, that was actually, that that's one part that I left out on the descriptors of kingdom entrepreneurship is servant leadership, right? Mm-hmm. This is also the, the, the other major core of uh, kingdom entrepreneurship, people that have the servant's heart, that understand that, you know, you as a CEO, business owner, me as a CEO, business owner, other people who are business leaders and executives, our role is to actually serve our subordinates Mm -hmm. so that they can best do their job. Our role as the leader is to provide them with all of the coaching and the tools and the skills necessary so they can thrive. And I think traditionally, a lot of people think, well, you know, oh, you're the boss. Everybody works for you. Well, in servant leadership, it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. You know, we come to serve others, not to be served. So
0: perfect. So then how can listeners strengthen their foundation in Christ to grow their business? If we want to have both kind of, you know, dovetailing together, how do we do that?
1: Yeah. So um, this is an awesome question. And this goes into actually building our foundation in Christ, right? So as it talks about in scripture, um, you know, the the Lord said that love the Lord, your God above all else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so part of this is aligning what's in our heart. Right. And there's also some line in scripture that says something to the effect of, you know, Um, You follow a person's wallet and you'll find their heart, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we go into business and we have the heart of Christ and we have a heart of love, a heart of service, and a heart of caring about the other person and the other business, we're able to more strongly position ourselves to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Another key to this is, is again, I mentioned earlier, getting in community. Um, A big thing that, again, this might sound a little radical because it used to sound kind of uh, woo-woo to me. Mm -hmm. Um, actually getting involved in assembling a team of intercessors. Um, We're developing a new program now that's going to launch later this year. That's actually a framework for how to establish a kingdom business. Mm -hmm. And part of that is one of the very first steps is actually aligning an advisory board of intercessors. And we often encourage people to make this a paid position, just like a normal board member would be. The difference is, is that they're composed of, you know, oftentimes we suggest that people have like someone in ministry in the group, have another person that's very prophetic, have someone who's good at worship in the group. And so basically what it does is it allows us to come and form the nucleus of our faith and be able to use that to drive us in our business. Mm -hmm. So through, through aligning with where our heart is, with having a heart for Christ, and then being able to get in community around others we're going to be able to set ourselves up for success to bring God into our work. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I'm, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of listeners have had the experience of, you know, we, we get an idea in our head and things sound good and well, and then we like get into the, we get on the horse and we're riding. And then like the eyes on the prize and we see, Oh, wow, there's all this money involved or, you know, all these connections or all this notoriety and fame. And we start to get, you know, really into our carnal flesh and it can take us out of operating in that, that heart for Christ mode and that servant leadership mode. So right.
0: well, someone listening might be saying, Well, how does having those people on the board really help my business though? Right. Because my business, I mm-hmm. need to increase my sales, I need to reduce my expenses, I need to have, you know, that good bottom line, right? So how is that really gonna help?
1: Sure. So again, here, you know, it has to go with what our alignment is, right? Mm -hmm. So um, first and foremost, we have to take a step back and make sure that we are actually operating our vocation, meaning like, you know, what is the mission behind our business? If the mission behind my business is to just increase my own wealth for myself and my own family and just serve me, we may not be operating in full favor. Right. Mm-hmm. However, if the mission of my business is to be able for me to become wealthy while I'm able to provide jobs for others and be a positive role model and be an example of Christ-like living and use a significant portion of proceeds to contribute to other outreach causes, that will help. Mm-hmm. And I can also understand too where people would say, "Well, people are just praying. How is this helping?" You know, it, this goes into more of a foundational belief set. You know that that prayer is where it all begins. Right. Mm-hmm. And and actually, even before that is belief. So it's like if we go into something and without getting too far into like, you know, uh, law of attraction or manifesting or all this type of stuff, it's like we have to speak it into existence. And so like, you know, if, if let's say you and I were on an advisory board together for an entrepreneur. And they came to us and they were like, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. And then they want us to pray into this situation, right? Um, You know, as it it talks about as well, and and again, I'm referencing some more scripture here, is that our our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against powers and principalities. So what aligning this advisory board of intercessors does is it actually starts to build a spiritual shield around our business. And the other key here is to be aware of is, is that it's not like, you know, you're going to, we're going to go in a line with four or five intercessors and we're going to start praying in the next week, we're going to become a billionaire. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about here. Right. But what we will see is things change. You know, we'll see things change in our employees. We'll see, th- uh, see things change in our vendor relationships because of the way they're seeing that we operate. And we, when we're praying into these situations. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of the, uh, it goes again with the other scripture that talks about focus on the unseen, not on the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, without getting too off into the woo-woo department of spirituality and energy and vibration and all these things, um, those are the ways that an intercessing team can help. Mm-hmm.
0: So then what do you wish you knew about kingdom entrepreneurship earlier in your career?
1: Oh, everything. <laughs> um, I was very profit oriented um, money and possessions or and um, notoriety oriented. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of what led me to my downfall. You know, um, I was, as I mentioned, I was addicted to Adderall. And, um, you know, whenever we're taking a narcotic substance like that, regardless of what big pharma wants to tell us or Western medicine wants to prescribe, um, first and foremost, I was not taking it as prescribed. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was taking more than I should have been, you know, which was causing the addiction mechanism. So for me, the things that I wish that I had understood about kingdom entrepreneurship is really aligning in my faith and my spirituality before going into a venture. When I would evaluate a business opportunity when I was younger, I would just strictly look at the profitable um, profitability potential of the opportunity and what I could get out of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm, I'm interested in how can I bring God into this venture? How can I align spiritually and activate spiritual forces? And how can I utilize this to make the biggest impact on others' lives? Right. So that's the key for me is this being aligned with that servant leadership um, philosophy and just having that heart uh, for Christ, having that heart for Christ for wanting to help others and encourage others and build others up. And not worrying about it was in it for me. And that's the funny thing about this is this that that's when I started making more money than ever, right? Mm-hmm. It was like when I stopped focusing on how much money I could make, and I just focused on how much value I could provide and how many people I could help. And then I'm making more money than ever. So mm-hmm. that's the other, the other thing I wish I would have known was to really focus on providing value and being of service to others. And then we will be handsomely rewarded.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, people are just taught, you know, this it's, whether it's the American dream or, you know, it's all globally really, but you go and you work hard and you get financially rewarded and you're not necessarily taught to be a servant and think of other people. And and then you're still going to have a benefit, right? You're usually seen as you're giving up, you know, if you're going to go out and do this, you're going to give up the finances, right? So you have to just work hard and get the money.
1: Mm Hmm. 100%. And this just actually goes into a deeper layer as well. You know, oftentimes it's like people, at least here in Western culture, it's like, you're going to go to work, you're going to make the money. And then you're basically going to try to just survive and pay your debt with that money, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's, it it goes into a more holistic approach to a lifestyle of understanding like what is our needs versus our wants? And then how can we operate in our vocation and thrive in our vocation?
0: Mm -hmm. Right that need versus wants is a big thing too. There's a lot of people that think that, you know, they need to have all these things and they have an expensive lifestyle too, but that's a kind of a different topic probably. But yeah. um, but on the same lines, then how can listeners find more time and money in their life and their business?
1: This is awesome. I love this one. So, the name of our company is Awareness Elevation and the reason why is because we believe that the actual first step to any process or any program is self-awareness. And we actually call this step, step zero, because most people want to get onto a program to, oh, how do I, you know, build my business here? Or, how do I become better here or this or that? And we can't even know where to start until we know where we are. And, mm-hmm. and the analogy I always share with people is that when you pull up a navigation system, Google Maps or Apple or Waze or whatever, when you when it asks you, where's your starting point, you put like my current location. Right. You right. don't put like if I'm here in Redondo Beach and I want to drive to San Francisco and I put in my starting point, I don't put Phoenix, Arizona. I put right. Redondo Beach because I want turn by turn directions to get to where I want to go. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's that self awareness of knowing where we're at. And one of the best ways to increase self awareness is actually self assessment and self discovery. Because like you could tell me things that you observe about me, or I could tell you things I observe about you. But by nature, humans, because of our ego and pride, it's, oftentimes we get a defensive mechanism, right? Somebody mm-hmm. says, "Oh, you you could do this better, or that better, or this better." It's like, ah, that kind of stings, right? <laughs> but if, if we're able to look at it ourselves and come to this conclusion ourselves, kind of like similar to looking in a mirror, we're actually able to take that information in more fully. So, what I mean by this, the the these, so the reason why this is in here is, um, the top two excuses most people make, and I've been guilty of this in my past as well, is I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so people are always looking for, how can we get more time and money? Well, uh, the number one thing that we encourage people in, and this is something that I like to share with listeners that they can take and they can actually implement today if they want, is to actually go ahead and create an Excel spreadsheet that marks from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep at night and has 30 minute time windows on it. Mm -hmm. And go ahead and print off several copies of that daily timesheet. Right. And then every 30 minutes, just, you know, it, it might kind of bother, be bothersome or a little annoying at first, but like every 30 minutes, have your timer on your phone, go off and just make a quick note of what we did for the last 30 minutes. Hmm. I like to encourage people to do this for at least five days if you can, but even if you could just do it for three days or even just one day. Right. So, so what happens here is if we can get a five day look at things on like a typical week, we can get much more awareness of where we're spending our time. Number one. And number two, how long things are taking us to get done Mm -hmm. because oftentimes when scheduling people are scheduling projects or work tasks or things like this, oftentimes, and I was guilty of this a lot in the past too. We're not aware of how long it takes us to get things done. Mm -hmm. So I'm scheduling 30 minutes into my calendar to get this thing done. That takes me an hour and 45 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. right? Or I'm scheduling two hours in for something that only takes me 30 minutes. And so I like to encourage people that the best thing to do is, is to get awareness of your time. Because once you have awareness of your time, we can actually figure out ways you can get your time back because this is the most finite resource in life is our time, right? Right. And and once we're able to see where we're putting our time in and what what is sucking up our time, then we can actually restructure that time to increase our earnings. So that's how we can help people to find more time and find more money is through increasing self-awareness. And again, the key here is self-discovery because, you know, yeah. If somebody sent me their schedule, I could look at it and I could rip it up and you have all kinds of suggestions and recommendations for where they could find more time, but that's not going to hit home as well mm. as somebody who uncovers it themselves. You know, it's like right. the, the, the delivery method of teaching is I think around a 30% retention rate, right? Whereas the discovery method of teaching, when people are allowed to discover things on their own, is like closer to an 80% retention rate. Mm. So we just find that it's better to do that discovery method because, it removes a lot of the ego and pride, um, helps to gain clarity and, and it's the best way for people to actually elevate their awareness to get more time and money.
0: Right. Exactly. So I do know there was a question that I was going to ask you about the elevate method then. So can you go in a little bit more detail on that? What really is it?
1: Sure. Yeah. So the elevate method is going to be our first online course. Um, we're also in the final preparation of publishing the book with the uh, same title. Mm-hmm. And so the goal here is, is that the, the book will come out in addition to the course and the book is going to lay out a lot of it and, and the concepts and give people an understanding of it. And then the online course is actually like the step-by-step, day-by-day implementation and execution of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is, is it's broken into, into two major areas. Um, the first area is alignment and the second, mar- second area is actually execution. Mm -hmm. So, um, elevate method, it starts with what I just mentioned, self-awareness. We have to elevate our self-awareness, right? What are we doing right and wrong? Where do we need help at? Um, the next thing that we need to go into is that we have to elevate our brain and body health. You know, this is a key. A lot of times we are ingesting substances and we're living a lifestyle that's detrimental to our brain and body health. Mm -hmm. So we have to elevate our brain and body health through nutrition, diet, supplementation, um, and mindfulness practices. And then after we're able to align our awareness um, with that, we're able to actually elevate our spirituality. So here we built the foundation of awareness. We've got the brain and body healthy. Now we can get into elevating our spirituality, making sure that we are aligned with a heart for God and servant leader perspective. And then we get into the execution portion, right? So on into the execution portion, then we're going to need to elevate our peer group. Right. Because we have to get around more people that are going to hold us to a higher standard. We have to elevate our good habits and we have some systems and tools for people to be able to build their good habits and build more self-discipline. And then the final step is, is elevating your business, a.k.a. elevating your ministry right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to thrive in your vocation. So it's, it's a really exciting course that I mentioned earlier, we've got coming out in June. And um, it's going to be something that people are going to be able to actually align these areas of their life behind what's going on in their results. You know, oftentimes people talk about, hey, you know, I coach entrepreneurs, or I'm a marketing coach, and you know, all that's good and well. And we have the ability to coach people in those realms. However, we're more focused in everything behind that. We're Mm -hmm. more focused in making sure that everything is aligned, that you're actually building a house on solid concrete foundation so that you're not doing what most people do and that you're building a house of cards on Mm quicksand, right? Right. And so by by following this elevate method, we can position ourselves to then be able to thrive in our vocation. And then the key to it is, is keeping it when we get it. Because one Mm -hmm. of the worst things in life is not never having it, not never getting it. One of the worst things in life is getting it and losing it.
0: Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, I know I'm going to have you share how listeners can get that elevate method, but I do have a couple more questions for you as well. So I want to make sure, sure I don't miss, that, miss out on those. Um, but one of the questions I will really want you to touch on is what are the common misconceptions people have about God and business then? Because some people think, you know, they really don't meet, right? You have your faith, but, and then you run your business. So tell us about
1: Yes, yeah, 100%. So, You know, this, this goes into the realm of some of the things we've talked about of getting an understanding that our creator created everything Mm -hmm. and he created business to actually be something to honor him here on earth, you know, and unfortunately man is broken, man and woman is broken. And so we, we tend to twist things, right? So, you know, the key here is, is, is actually knowing and aligning with our true purpose to be able to activate our potential fully right mm-hmm. and so so when i'm talking about bringing god into business god is the creator of everything else and i even found in my life it was like i would get up in the morning i'm doing my reading scripture out loud you know doing my journals doing all these these practices for my faith and then i'm like okay that's done let me get to work right and that's not the way that it actually works the best the way that it works the best is to actually co-create with christ right mm-hmm. and so for instance when when it talks about you know when, when we're seeing things in our life that look impossible God is the God of the impossible and the bigger, the obstacle, right. The bigger, the challenge that's in front of us, the bigger, the anointing, the bigger, the provision, um, you know, I was actually, I'm in, I'm in, um, a a very high level prayer group. And one of the things we were talking about the other day is actually how, you know, David and Goliath, you know, David Mm -hmm. defeated this giant. And, and the reason is, is it's important is because when we defeat a giant, that's actually the position we assume when we overcome that giant. But the only way to do it is through aligning with Christ and having our faith in order to be able to provide that spiritual anointing and that spiritual blessing. So when we're talking about bringing God into business and some of the misconceptions are is that, you know, I think that a lot of people, oftentimes we would like be connected with God and worshiping and praising. And it's like, okay, we got to put that on pause to go into business now because we don't want to offend our customers or we don't want to upset a vendor or that kind of thing. And it's something that you and I were talking on a little bit earlier in regard to the shield of faith is that, you know, one of the misconceptions is, is that, you know, God hasn't been operating in the business realm or that it's not appropriate or it's not professional to bring God up in a business setting. And what we're finding is, is that we're actually avoiding a lot of mishaps and people we shouldn't partner with and clients Mm -hmm. we shouldn't take on and coach because they don't align with us, you know, and that, that, that's the key in here really. And what happened to me, um, in 2017, almost four years ago, when I I had hit rock bottom, is just realizing I need to align myself with people of a similar foundational belief set, because we become like the people we associate most with. And I realized that I had been associating with people who were about the money and the things. And so then that's what I became like. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I shifted my focus to align myself with people who are concerned in faith and, and interested in servant leadership and have a heart for Christ. And being able to bring that into the business arena. And I'm really okay. working. I'm in a place where I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying that one day, at least in my lifetime, we'll see that it is accepted to have Christ in the business. It's mm-hmm. okay to have worship music playing before a business meeting or to open and close a meeting with a prayer, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, it may not happen. You know, you never know yeah. what can happen. Though, Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So then how can a person know and live in their heavenly identity?
1: Yeah, so this actually starts with self-awareness. Um, oftentimes when we're coming across people who is like they're, they're wanting to accomplish something that they think they have in their mind, but they're constantly coming up against obstacle after obstacle and it's preventing them from actually making progress. So this is a good a good instance of when most, most times people are not aligned with what their calling is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're trying and trying and trying, but we're just not seeing success in it. So one of the most powerful ways to do this is actually just to spend quiet time you know, with our creator and to do some journaling and reflecting and to really, you know, do this for several weeks. And if you can, a couple of months and just really dig into your journals when you're reviewing them and, and pick out the parts where you can, you see the things that you're yearning for. You're talking about the things that you really love spending your time doing. You know, um, oftentimes people, they're like, they got into business, they want to make money and all this stuff. And then they forgot their passion. You know, a lot of times entrepreneurs, they had this big, vivid, amazing dream they were going to create when they launched this company. And then two years later here, they're just, you know, they're just trying to make payroll this week. And, you know, they're just trying to make sure that some, some vendor doesn't file a lien on them and and foreclose on their account and this kinds of stuff. Um, And that's really where the heart of it is, is just having awareness of, where we feel that our creator wants us to be. And then actually operating in that place, you know, we're coming up against things and we're not making any progress and we're praying into them and we're just not getting anywhere. Maybe it's time for us to explore somewhere else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So then if someone is under an attack, then too, how can you say that? How can they overcome those personal attacks as well? That could also yeah, affect so, business.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. So it could, you could be attacked personally or in your business or both. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so one of the keys to this is that we've seen success with people is just getting in community, you know, being able to share what's going on with other people's oftentimes the way that the enemy works is, is he's the father of lives, right? So, and oftentimes the enemy doesn't have to work that hard to take us off track. He just has to plant one little seed and then people take themselves out of the game, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, oftentimes what will happen is, 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 you know, the the enemy will tell us a lie, which manifests as like a a negative thought in our head, something that we believe we can't do, or a a self-sabotage or a limiting belief. And then we won't tell anyone because we're kind of embarrassed about it. Or we're like, Hey, I don't really want people to know this about me. And then the enemy will try to keep that lie between us and the enemy, just to try to hold us down and suppress us. And what happens through getting in community, especially with other believers is that, you know, when if I'm struggling with something and you and I are, are friends and we jump on a call together and, and I tell you what's going on, you're like, hey, James, like, that's a lie. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're listening to a lie right now. Let's pray into this. So one of the best things to do is to get in community, to talk about what's going on and what you're being attacked with, and to actually seek some prayer partners, you know, to seek mm-hmm. people who can actually join with you in overcoming this stuff. And again, it's, it's not the kind of thing where, you know, it's like an ATM machine where it's like, oh, yo, let me, let me put my mm-hmm. card in here and I'll just take this money out but it's the kind of thing that, you know, it's the Warren Buffett strategy, right? It's the incremental gains over a long time that wins.
0: Mm -hmm. So if someone says, this sounds great, like, you know, I'm not sure I have in my own current sphere, those who can, you know, be on my advisory board or can be that person that I can necessarily reach out and, and call, you know, and go over things in my business or, you know, even my personal life, what would you tell them? How would they find those people?
1: Uh, A couple of things. Um, One, you can jump on to awarenesselevation.com. We currently only have the newsletter subscription up right now because we're getting ready to launch the digital course in June. And we regularly send out newsletters with this type of information, encouraging Mm -hmm. people in community. Another thing that people can do um, beyond that is is actually just jump on Facebook or LinkedIn and look for a group that's a faith-based group that you can jump Mm -hmm. online into and and, um, find some people to pray with you. And then also, too, for people that are more face-to-face and wanting to interact, do a little bit of research. Um, depending on what your beliefs are, maybe you can find a, a Bible-based church locally that you could connect with or even virtually. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of churches that during their service, they're like, hey, if you're going through anything right now, just text to this number right here. You know, And it's, it's the kind of thing where maybe if somebody's not quite comfortable with going face-to-face and having somebody pray with them in person, you can actually have somebody pray with you remotely. You mm-hmm. can kind of wade in, wade in, you know, get your feet wet before jumping into the deep end. And, and the key is too, is also just increasing our awareness of the people we're interacting with. You know, right. oftentimes, you know, people, people know people who are in this realm, but we're just not aware of it because we haven't looked for it before. So also right. looking in your current network and just asking people, Hey, do you know anybody in this line?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this has been great information. I know it's a little bit different topic than I normally, you know, will talk about in terms of my podcast, but I thought it was an interesting, you know, take on how your kind of your faith can interact with your your business. So I'm so thankful that you were able to join me today. But we talked about the elevate method. I know you've talked a couple of times about you have this course that's coming out in June. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that and how listeners can actually find that program and you know sign up for it? I'm sure that's the the offer that you would love to share with us. Yeah,
1: totally. So, uh, we're going to be doing an early bird uh, launch offer um, end of May, beginning of June. And the best way for listeners to get access to that is to actually head on over to awarenesselevation.com. Make sure they put in their name and their email address, because that's how we're going to be reaching out to people to get them those early bird offers. And it's going to be a significant discount because the key here is in the beginning, we just want to try to get this out to as many people as possible so we can trial and error and figure out where we need to bolster it up and improve things. Um, another thing people can do is they can follow me on Instagram. My handle is awareness underscore elevation. You can also find me on Facebook under James Pyle, as well as LinkedIn under James Pyle. So just through connecting with me and getting into my sphere, I will be pushing out offers to your listeners for them to be able to access these programs at a discount, as well as the book. We're going to be doing a free plus shipping model on the book so
0: Mm -hmm.
1: people can access it there.
0: And that's P-Y-L-E.
1: Oh, yes, it is. Sorry. (laughs) Good call.
0: In case someone's just trying to find you, making sure that they have that correct. Yeah. As I
1: mentioned to you before the call, I always say just like Gomer, but no relation. And then (laughs) generationally that divides people either get it or they don't. So (laughs)
0: right. Exactly. Well, thank you, James, for being a guest on my show. And, you know, I really appreciate your sharing your insight and the experiences that you had and kind of what led you to where you are today.
1: Thank you. It's been a total honor and pleasure to be here and, and share this message.
0: Perfect. And I want to also thank the listeners for tuning in today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions that you had about kingdom entrepreneurship. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to James at any of the links that he shared or send us a message at media at com. And would you please share our show information with those you know and like or follow our podcast too? I'd really appreciate your support. I hope you can join us next week for the topic when I answer some questions from freelance workers. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And remember, you can find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to This Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer,
1: again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.